This is Chicago's home for sports. The ESPN 1000 Miller Lite postgame show is back. It's back. With your hosts, ESPN 1000 fantasy expert and host Jeff Miller, two-time Super Bowl champion, Chicago native, Howard Griffith. Now, back to more on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Shotgun on fourth down. He throws and DJ Moore unable to hang on. Bridgewater on first down. Throws and it's picked off. DeAndre Houston Carson comes up with the interception to put an exclamation point on this game for the Chicago Bears couple of defensive stops there in the fourth quarter probably did you would have liked to have seen the Bears not need to come up with an interception there late Matt Nagy probably could have found a way to make it a little bit easier had he not thrown the ball there on the Bears final uh, second to final possession there but uh, he was unable to convert on a third and two let's uh, Nick Foles throw the ball there to Allen Robinson but uh no completions made, and they give Teddy Bridgewater and the Panthers a second shot to try and tie the game. But the Panthers were unable to do so because the Bears' D was up to the task. They get a 23-16 victory over the Panthers in Carolina, move to 3-0 and on the road, 5-1 and on the season. So the Bears have a date with the Los Angeles Rams next weekend on Monday Night Football. But first, the Rams will have to take on the 49ers on Sunday Night Football. So we will watch and uh, scout the Bears' next opponent tonight. But while we await a Bears showdown with the Rams, we are taking your calls with instant reaction. We will also hear from Matt Nagy here shortly. First, I'll let uh, Stephen in Columbus chime in. Stephen, you're on the postgame show with Howard Griffith and Jeff Meller. What's up, my man? Guys, thanks for taking my call. Uh, It's the same old, same old thing uh, with the offense. Um. I see a little progress with Foles uh, behind the uh, behind center offensive line. I mean, they did not give up a sack, so let's give credit for that. But I got called out by the other host down the dial for calling Rashad Coward basically playing like his last name, which I, I, I admit that was too strong of a word. No insult there. But there are so many guys on this team that are obviously are – Totally unfit, in my opinion. Like Demetrius Harris, I think hopefully Cole Commit showed enough to Nagy in his snap that he deserved to play more than Harris, who dropped both passes. And let's let's face it: no matter how you call it, Leno and Coward, I think we've seen enough from those guys on the left side. They're getting beat badly, tripping over one another. I don't understand why Alex Bars was wasn't playing today. So there are so many issues with. Nagy's play calling and somewhat condescending attitude toward his offensive line not having confidence. And listen, he can blame the details and all that all he wants, but isn't that somewhat of an indictment on him and his entire coaching staff if he can't get his team to, you know, get the details um, sorted out in his third year? In my opinion, that's what I wanted to say, guys. Hey, Stephen, thanks for the call. Uh, You know, you have to be able to go out uh, and be able to put a group together. I mean, it's hard to play the offensive line. It is, it is a very difficult job um, and a thankless job. Mm-hmm. 
but it, you still have to find a way to put your best five out there. And what, what's that look like? I, you know, we haven't seen it, right? We mm-hmm. haven't seen it at all. Uh, I think to the point of, of Cole Komet, I, I think he should have already been you know, getting an opportunity because I think he's a, right now he is a, a matchup problem. Um, for whether if you're going to put a safety out there, or you're going to you know try to put a linebacker on. He's going to be a, a tough cover. Now, where he has to continue to improve uh, is at the point of attack, and, and he'll do that. I mean, you know, he wasn't asked to do a lot of that uh, at Notre Dame, but he's a guy that's going to continue to me that has the talent to be one of the top top tight ends in this league as he continues to develop over the next couple of years. So you got to find a way to utilize them and create matchup problems. And, and you saw that today. They've got to find ways to get him to football. Yeah, no, I, and listen, I think, yeah, Demetrius Harris, I've been critical, too, of the fact that, look, Harris has been getting more snaps in each game prior to today's. I, I don't have the snap count. Probably won't have that for a couple of days. But uh, Demetrius Harris has had more snaps than Cole Komet in every game up until this point. Uh, yeah, and listen, he's 6'7". 260 runs well so I think certainly that Demetrius Harris offers something but there were a couple plays as uh, Stephen pointed out there today where he doesn't make the catch prior to today I think uh, Harris has has shown a little something but you know again yeah Cole Komet you invested a second round pick in him along with Jimmy Graham you'd like to see Komet get on the field a little bit more and maybe show that he can be you know a matchup problem for some players out there but the reality is I don't know exactly why um, he hasn't had a lot of opportunities. I don't know if that's a more of more on Cole Komet or if it's more on the coaching staff. Where you know at this point we're going to have to kind of like wait and see what happens. And to Howard's point with the with the offensive line, yeah, look, it works in concert, right? It's never going to be strictly on one particular player. We saw last week though that Alex Spires really struggled when he came into the game, so it doesn't surprise me that Rashard Coward was out there. Uh, today getting a start to see what he, what he could do because clearly the moment was a little too big for Alex Bars last week. They've, they've, we've heard the rumblings of you know lots of people waiting for Bars to have an opportunity to go out there and make a play. And you know I don't know why he struggled last week, but he, he they deemed it when he had the opportunity to get a full week's worth of practice in, they deemed he was not the guy that they wanted to go with. So right now the Bears are still kind of working with what they have. And at this point, they, they they have some weaknesses on the offensive line. Yeah, <laughs> big weaknesses. So yeah, <laughs> and you can't you, you can't win championships without a solid offensive line. I mean, they don't have to be great. You don't have to have Hall of Famers. You don't have to have necessarily have you know Pro Bowlers. Mm-hmm. But they've got to be solid, and they're not right now. And it's going to continue to create some issues and. You know, we've, we've got some physical defenses that are, that are coming up that yeah, are, no. that are going to want to get after those guys. So I have to find out if they're going to be able to hold up. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and we will bring you Nick Foles as well. He is meeting the media as we speak, uh, getting a little bit of testy too, apparently. So we're going to let you hear from Nick Foles. We'll probably do that about 445. We've got Matt Nagy on the way here shortly. We'll let you hear from him as well. And if you're just joining us again, Howard Griffith, Jeff Mallard, the postgame show for you. 
Two hours after every Bears game, we're taking your phone calls. Instant reaction, 312-332-3776. The Bears beat the Panthers in Carolina. Moved to 5-1 on the year, 3-0 on the road with another road game on tap in Los Angeles on Monday Night Football next week. Uh, around the league, the Vikings fall to the Falcons. Falcons get their first win um, in Minnesota as well, so that's a tough one for the Vikings. They're a bit of a mess right now as they fall to 1-5 on the year. Falcons get a win and move to 1-5 themselves. The Patriots lose to the Broncos in New England, 18-12. to Host the field goals there for Brandon McManus as uh, Drew Locke returns for the Broncos. Uh, throws for 189 yards. Philip Lindsay runs for 101. And Tim Patrick actually has 101 yards receiving for the Broncos. Uh, saw a lot of uh, Julian Edelman passes, believe it or not, um, in the, uh, the trickeration from the, the Patriots. It was not enough. They could not go, get it going offensively. So the Patriots lose. They fall to two and three on the year. The Washington football team lose to the Giants in New York. The Giants, uh, 20 to 19. Giants get their first win on the year. The Baltimore Ravens able to hold on over the Philadelphia Eagles. They win 30-28. to They jumped out early and had to hang on to that one as uh, Miles Sanders runs for 118 yards. Lamar Jackson had a rushing score, but uh, their passing game, not as good as it was last year. They certainly are not as dynamic offensively as they were last year during Lamar's MVP season. The Steelers put it on the Cleveland Browns 38-7. to This game was never close. Baker Mayfield was struggling, and uh, he was actually removed from the game. I know he came into the game beat up with some uh, with a rib injury, and uh, he exited once the Pittsburgh Steelers got up early. The uh, Detroit Lions beat the Jaguars thirty four to sixteen. Gardner Minshew throws for two hundred forty three yards in a losing effort. DeAndre Swift one hundred sixteen yards and a couple of scores. So they're uh, they're highly drafted running back. Finally coming to play for the Lions. We saw firsthand him drop a big touchdown, which would have been huge for the Lions earlier this year. So uh, not much. uh, He's finally the Lions finally happy to see him do some damage, although it was against a Jaguars team that certainly has uh, not really come to play this year yet themselves. And the uh, the Colts beat the Bengals 31 to 27. And I do believe uh, I failed to mention the Titans coming back in overtime and winning 42 to 36 over the Houston Texans. Big win there. Derrick Henry going for 212 yards and a couple Jeez. of scores. He is a monster once he gets going. Howard, oh uh, I mean, listen, you you you're a big dude who has had some running success, but Derrick Henry, man, not sure if folks have seen it yet, but he had a 94-yard touchdown run uh on the heels of when you saw him just throw Josh Norman around like a rag down on what was <laughs> Tuesday night football this yeah. week. I mean, Derrick Henry, he's a man amongst boys. He really is. You talk about a physical runner mm-hmm. um, that, that has top-end speed. Mm. I think that's one of the things that I think people are, are still pretty surprised at for a guy his size uh, to be able to run away from people. But when he gets going, mm-hmm. oh, forget about it. No, he's he's going to be a problem. He runs away from the defenders, which is crazy yeah. when you consider his size, like you just mentioned. It, it's nuts. Uh, the Packers are up 10 nothing in Tampa on Tom Brady and the Bucks, And the Miami Dolphins are beating the hapless Jets 14 to nothing. When we come back, Bears head coach Matt Nagy met the media. We'll let you hear what he had to say next. Howard Griffith and Jeff Meller. More post-game coming up. This is the ESPN 1000 post-game show on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app.
Bears beat the Panthers 23 to 16 in Carolina today. 5 and 1 on the season, moved to 3 and 0 on the road as well. The Green Bay Packers are struggling a bit now as Aaron Rodgers has thrown one pick, six, and I do believe as I'm watching it unfold, Howard Griffith, he has thrown a second interception now as well. It's a little bit of an issue. <laughs> a little bit of an issue. You want to throw it to the guys that are wearing the same uniform as you. Yeah, that and uh as I mentioned, that interception is comes up just shy of being a pick six as the Bucks defense uh, returns it to about the two-yard line now. So the Packers are up 10-7, but the Buccaneers now will have the ball uh, on a deflected ball by Devontae Adams, a pass he probably should have caught. So uh, the Bucks now are in prime position on the two-yard line on a goal-to-goal situation. So we'll see how that one plays out. But uh, the Bucks in very good prime scoring opportunity here. But Matt Nagy met the media here just a few short minutes ago and talked about his team getting uh, yet another win and five on the year. Again, I'm just uh, – it, it's hard to – explain the feeling that we have in this locker room, the the five and one for our team right now. That's not easy to do. I told our guys that we're fighters. Um, we have a bunch of fighters on this team, guys that, that fight to the end in all three phases. Can we be better on offense? Absolutely. Um, but our, our defense and our special teams today, I thought really played well and, and they put us in, in great situations um, from the very start, from the kickoff, setting the tone on special teams to the defense, doing what they did. Uh, and then for our offense to get that touchdown w- was good. Um, overall, I mean, you look at situationally, our defense, uh, they're showing all year long why they're consistently good in the red zone. They were one for three in the red zone. Uh, we had three takeaways, five sacks, and they were 23% on third down. And that's a that's a, a, a good football team on offense that's well coached. So I was really happy with that part. Um, they, they flipped the field for the offense. And uh, just as a – as a unit on defense was a, was a fun one. I, I complimented them to the very end there in that locker room. Um, you know, that's again, hats off to, to Matt rule with what he's doing there with this team. I think he's a, a really, really good football coach that does a great job and um, they have, they have a good football team. So, uh, but at the same point in time, no one's going to um, for us in our room, we're going to be super fired up about five and one and uh, winning on the road is hard. We got some things we got to clean up. And we will do that. Uh, we'll have a nice little uh, extra day here before the Monday night game. So um, with that, I'll go ahead and answer questions. Hey, Matt, with the offense, at some point, do you make peace that with yourself that this might be what it is and this is how you're going to have to <laughs> nip and tuck uh, as opposed to still kind of chasing this ideal that you have for it? Yeah, you know, it's um, it's it's hard to say, Jason. I you know it's it's to have you know we had twenty three rushes I think for sixty something yards and um, that's hard. That, that's hard. So we we uh, you're right. I mean that that's a, at some point we have to figure out what what those answers are and the why part. Um, and that's what we'll do. I, I know in these type of games, I guess the, I guess the one thing that I just I I, I don't want to take away the excitement from our team right now that we're five and one. You know, I think it's I think sometimes in this world it's really easy to say, man, we're just looking for fifty points a game and get the you know get the running goal, and we need to. I mean, trust me, man, it's 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 hard right now, uh, and we're tr- we're trying to figure out that why part in so many ways. But with that said. I'll never question our guys on offense, coaches and players, in regards to their effort and what they're trying to do. Never. I'll never do it. 
And so we got to fix it. We got to just keep working. The good thing is, is that we're five and one. And when we do get this thing clicking, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we just, we're, we're doing enough right now to get the wins and I refuse to take, take away, um, the, 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 um, the excitement that we have as a team right now in that locker room. And I'm sure, you know, you know, teams that open up five and one historically, the numbers are really good for a, for a strong finish and, and for the playoffs. I know you're not trying to think that far ahead or anything, but I mean, what does this do for you? How does this set you up getting off to this great start? Schedule gets pretty tough here coming up with Rams and Titans and everything. How does this set you up for the rest of the year getting out to the five and one start? It's huge, especially in the world we're in today in 2020, right? The the unknown of what's going on here uh, in the future. Shoot, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, let alone, you know, uh, the next couple of weeks. So to be able to get out to a fast start, that's just a credit to our, to our coaches and to our players of the fight that they have. And, and, and we told them, man, every, every win you can get, I, I, what are we now, 5-0 and in the conference, uh, have, have the loss to, a, to an AFC team. So those matter in the end when it comes down to conference records and tiebreakers. And we're not – hopefully what happens in a perfect world is we're winning and we're 5-1. and one, And, man, wouldn't that be awesome to get this offense rolling and, and, and as, as you're going into the end of the year and into the playoffs, and then it starts clicking. So that's what, that's what we got to do. That's what, why I refuse to, to be, um, you know, in that situation where we're just, you know, being hard on all the guys all the time. We just got to be positive and just keep rolling, man. Matt, what struck you about what clicked on the touchdown pass from Nick to Cole? And, and given what led up to that with the, you know, the two plays, a timeout, a delay a game, what was your, I guess, energy after getting into the end zone after that sequence? Yeah, so number one, let's start with the good. The good was um, a lot of trust by Nick, a special throw and a special catch with great protection, right? So if those two, those that previous timeout and the false start, if that doesn't happen, um, we're really excited that we came out of that with with a touchdown after a takeaway by, you know, after a takeaway by our defense. Instead, um, you know, I was, I was, uh, you know. I had to cool down a little bit on the sideline, to say the least, uh, after after how that went. But I did. I I I, I sat down and I relaxed. Um, and you know, that's just we, the, the timeout and a, and a delay game in that situation when we're in the red zone. You know, we're lucky we got that touchdown. I'll just say that. What caused that? What caused the delay? Um, you know, it, it, it's uh, there's just I guess it was a little loud. I, I don't know. You know, I guess it was a little loud. Matt, we kind of heard a similar message from you last week. You know, hey, it's really great that we're four and one. And then the next day you were frustrated with some of the lack of details. Did you make any mental notes of when I go back and I watch a game, you know, tonight on the plane back? Like, I'm going to look for this. And I just how do you balance those messages of right after the game? being positive and then when you go back and look at look at it you know maybe be frustrated with some of the stuff yeah no this one's different last week I thought it was consistent throughout the whole game this is that that deal right there um at the very beginning and that's what magnifies it is like man we got it we did a great job getting the football we're we're rocking and rolling we're down here in the red zone let's go get a touchdown let's make it nice and clean and instead it's choppy and you got you got uh, got to take a timeout because we're not in the right formation and then, and then a delay a game because of that. And so, um, you know, gosh, let's go. You know, I, I love, I love it, but let's, let's go. And then, so we got the, we got the touchdown. And again, what, what, what's unfortunate here is that what I hate talking about all this time is that our defense played lights out today. 
you know, and that, that's where like, I don't know, I, I understand we want to look at all the negatives and stuff, but really guys, I mean, what's pretty cool is that our defense played lights out today. They played awesome against a good offense. And so I just want to be careful of uh, getting too much of that. Cause I'm, I'm pretty excited right now. We're five and one. All right, man. I'll keep asking about the offense. Then. Um, when you get to the goal line with everyone, everyone know about the third quarter, what's going through your mind and then just see David get that run to set it up and, and Nick finally punches it in. What's going through your mind as a coach during that sequence? Yeah, y'all aren't going to ask me anymore about that third quarter. It's 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 off my back. Um, no, that's we just had to get a touchdown. There there was uh, our guys worked too hard and it's too close. And um, I saw I don't you know to to be able to get that. It, it's I think at that point in the game we had to get that touchdown. Um, a field goal helps you, but it just it's it's a little deflating to be that close and not and not get a touchdown. So it was a good job getting in there on the QB sneak. It was so close on the run right before that, but. Um, again, um, our our our, uh, our guys are fighters. Hey Matt, when when Nick took over, we talked about his ability to throw the deep ball and, and trust his receivers and all that. Today, I think he averaged five yards in attempt, something like that. Is that how they were playing you? Is that something you need to get better at? What's the disconnect there? There's there's some things. Uh, um, so number one, I think you can check me on this, but I, th- I think that they were um, the way they play their scheme, Pat, with with what they do. I think they're number one in the NFL in uh, in shots downfield, eighteen plus, the fewest in the league they've given up. So that's kind of their fundamentals of what they do. They 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 want you to bend um, and then break. That's what they do on defense. But at the same time, you can still scheme up things and, and get and create shots. You can do that without a doubt. We tried one there with the flea flicker and they got pressure, you know, so it's like, you know, okay, we call one and we try to get, create one and manipulate one. And I think we ended up getting a pass interference, but it didn't work, you know? So, um, it's a little bit of both. And, but we, 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 uh, those are nice when you get those big plays, big plays are nice. They're good. We need more of those. And that, um, and it was kind of a somewhat similar, similar situation as last week, but the decision to pass there at the end on, on third down, what went into that? Yeah, so, you know, for, for our situation, if you get that first down right there, um, it's game over. You don't, you don't punt the ball back to them. And you can run the ball and possibly get it, and you make them burn the timeout, but that's not an aggressive approach. We've, we've already decided, and it doesn't mean that if we're in that situation again that we can't run the ball. That's not what I'm saying. But being in the situation that we were right there, we felt like, hey, we had a play we liked. We already knew it. We said it because really in that situation, if it's a run-run pass situation, you know on first down that on third down, if you've already made the decision to go for it, you already know what the play is on first down, on third down, I'm saying. You, you know on third down what it's going to be. So that play was ready, and, and um, I have to go back and see it. I couldn't see exactly what happened, but we felt really good, all of us, with the decision to do that. And it's one of those ones you get it, it's a great call, and, and it's game over. And if you don't, it stinks, and you got to give the ball back to them. And so we got we got to finish the end of those games. Hey, Matt, um, i got a couple questions here. Yep. Um, and the, the final two were non-offense, so I know that's going to put <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, and, and the first one is offensive uh, positive. It, with the no huddle, it really wasn't a, a hurry up. Can you explain s- sort of why you were able to generate some momentum with that? And, and then the second two, um, DHC with the pick at the end, just how, how you've seen him grow and then – when Cairo connects from downtown, 
I got to think that really raises your confidence in them. Yeah. So the first one was in regards to the tempo. And for, for us, um, we had to change something up because, you know, it was first and 10 to second and 11. And it just, something wasn't, wasn't working. And uh, so we, we got we to gotta change the tempo. And we had the ability to do that. And we said, let's, let's test it out. Well, it kind of worked. And it was, it was the rib, there was a rhythm there, and it it, it we were kind of, we were popping some runs, spacing out a little bit, um, being able to get rid of the ball, um, and so we just felt like we were better in that situation. And like you said, it's not like you're you're the old school Oregon offense where you're just flying around going as fast as you can. There's a control to it. So we just decided to stay in that, and and at least we were getting some first downs and getting rhythm. As far as DHC. Uh, I'm really proud of him. He's what a, what a role player for us in this in this team on defense, special teams. He's just a, a a quiet leader that does things the right way, and he's come up so big in these situations. And that that's that's what it's all about. You know, we got a group of good people that believe in one another, and the coaches believing in him. And in Cairo, you know, for me, um, just from him playing, being a kicker in Kansas City when I was there for those years, I always had a lot of confidence in him every time he was there never once did I ever think about uh the the kick being made or kick being missed and I'll be honest with you I'm, I'm really in that mode right now with him I, I know that um that 55 yarder it didn't shock me that he hit it the thing with Cairo is that he's very confident uh and he doesn't get you know if he misses a kick okay I missed a kick I'll get the next one and I appreciate that about him and and so those guys are are doing really well and and, and really DHC Cairo and 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 other guys are, you know, like even with our punt team today with Pat, you know, getting that punt off at the end, that's hard. That's Bears head coach Matt Nagy using the uh, using the 5-1 and one record as a big shield, Howard, a little bit there. He gets to, <laughs> you know, like, I'm sorry, like whatever you, whatever criticisms criticisms you have of the offense, he gets to use that big 5-1 and one record as a shield to deflect and say, you know what, you guys can be all negative if you want, but uh, we're 5-1 and one and we're not going to apologize for it. Yeah, no question about it. And, and I think that's the right approach that he should have, uh, should have with his team. Um, but our job is to, to, to look at how you got to be 5-1. and one. And it's not perfect. And he, he even acknowledges it is not perfect, but we, they are 5-1. and one. And you know, it's better. It's a great situation for them to be in. No doubt about it. Again, 312-332-3776. He's Howard Griffith. I'm Jeff Meller. We're here for you after every Bears game for two hours, taking your calls, instant reaction to whatever you want to talk about. Uh, Lenny and Kenosha, I see you, buddy. We're going to get to you here next. And also, Nick Foles got a little feisty in the postgame show. We'll let you hear from him as well, coming up in just a few minutes here on ESPN 1000. The ESPN 1000 postgame show returns after these. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Third down at five. Pass is caught for a first down by Cordero Patterson. This set of downs for the Chicago Bears. Catch is made by Darnell Mooney. Don't look now. Nick Foles has been on fire in this in this series. Holds it off to Montgomery. Still going. And Montgomery will be marked down inside the one. It's Foles on the sneak. He's in. That touchdown was the Bears' first points of in a third quarter. Of this season, it only took six games, so uh, that's good. You get that, uh, get to put that uh, feather in your cap there. I'm Jeff Meller, along with Howard Griffith. 
where the post-game show here on ESP 1000 talking about a Bears win, the fifth on the season, 5-1, 3-0 on the road. No apologies for a win, and yet still, we can be critical at times. It, it, it It's like pulling teeth, Howard. Like, they are 5-1, and one, but man, no. I, I don't want, look, and I'm not somebody who wants to be critical because I'm not somebody who's often, you know, I'm not a glass half, half uh, you know, half empty type of guy. But the reality is that I do not feel great about this Bears team at five and one. And the one thing I'll say is I, I was definitely not impressed with uh, Matt Nagy's explanation of uh, the delay of game out, out of a timeout there. I don't know if you caught it, but he said, yeah. I guess it was a little loud. It just got a little loud. What does that mean, Howard? There's, there's 20% capacity here. What's going on? You know what's interesting? And um, I appreciate this about Coach Nagy. Mm-hmm. He doesn't throw his guys under the bus. No. Right? So he's going to cover for his guys. Uh, and, and I'm not saying he, he's going to do that as far as the media is concerned. Now, I'm sure he has some choice words for those guys uh, during the game, and he'll have some choice words for them when they go back and review it. But I, I can appreciate that, that, that he wants to continue to try to spin things in a positive in a positive fashion. But you still can't you can't come out of a timeout with a delay of a game. That's that's just silly, right? Because you know the play was taking so long. So that was just poor execution uh, by the players. Yeah, and I have to imagine that uh, it was brought up to Nick Foles. We'll hear from him shortly as well. And uh, every indication is that he got a little feisty in the postgame. So we'll let you hear from him coming up here shortly. But let's uh, check in with Lenny, who's in Kenosha. Lenny, you're on with Howard Griffith and Jeff Meller. What's up, my man? Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. Thanks um, for making it, man. Hey, I got a few a few questions and just one comment. My first comment is, man, after listening to that press conference from Maggie, it's like, Listen to my son's high school football coach. It's horrible. <laughs> it's, it's just embarrassing. So, hey, my first question would be, from my, from watching from where I sit, being a longtime Bears fan, and I live in Wisconsin now, it doesn't look like, to me, the eye test, um, that we're better off with Foles back there than Trubisky. <laughs> is, is, is that statistically true? Or is it just the iPad? And two, man, how long do they keep Matt Nagy as the coach? <laughs> we're five. <laughs> we're five and one. We're, Lenny, look, they're five and one. So as long as they're winning, winning football games, the truth is that you know the the hot seat is not hot at all. It's it's it's, it's not even lukewarm. You know, five and yeah. one. Again, it's in some ways it's it's the big shield that he gets to use that he, you don't have to apologize. Um, statistically, look, they're not they haven't been really improved, but the reality is too that um, you know we saw Nick Foles come up and make an adjustment at the line of scrimmage uh, on the play that won the game when he hit David Montgomery out of the backfield last uh, last weekend on Thursday night against the Bucks. He he was huge. That that play is all you need to see as to why Nick Foles is under center. The the truth is, Howard, that Trubisky's ability to you know move in, you know outside of the pocket is it makes the the offense dyna- more dynamic at times, but you know it also short circuits it when he can't make those sight adjustments that you need from your quarterback under center. Right, and, and that's the issue, right? He's going to pull the ball down and run as opposed to going to two or or second or third 
you know, option. So that that's was kind of his his issue. But what he did bring to the table is when he decided to scramble, it created a, a threat. Yeah, you know, he is a true threat to pull the ball and run it. And that, to his credit, was was one of the benefits of having him at quarterback. But right now, you've got a quarterback that sure. I mean, he, he, he's more familiar with the offense. He understands the offense. He knows how to make those adjustments at the line, as you mentioned. And, and that's where the coaching staff feels more confident. And, you know, call it what you want, whether or not he, his skill set is all that much different from a passing game standpoint than, than uh, Mitchell Trubisky. It, it isn't. I mean, but we know that. Nick Foles can get hot, and he can be a streaky guy. We we know that, and I don't know that we necessarily saw any of that um, from from Mitch. And you know, that's kind of where we are right now, and just got to figure out how to continue to execute plays. That is two-time Super Bowl champ and Illini legend Howard Griffith. I'm Jeff Meller. We're talking about a Bears winner in Carolina. Uh, Jeff Dickerson covers the Bears. He's covered them for a long time. I'm going to ask him what he thought about Matt Nagy's explanation for the delay of game out out of a timeout and what's going on with the kicker situation. Do we have a, a kicker competition now when Eddie Pinheiro is actually healthy? We'll ask JD his thoughts coming up next. The dissection of the Bears game continues right after this. This is the ESPN 1000 postgame show on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. seeing things that we like we're getting the stuff that we like you know again I mean we haven't been perfect just yet or we haven't had that really uh, breakout explosive game but I definitely think that that's around the corner you know I definitely like I said before um, from my perspective I see us trending in the right direction that's the voice of uh, the Bears best skill position player Allen Robinson commenting on their offensive output today and you heard the highlight courtesy of Fox Cole Komet scoring his first touchdown as a Chicago Bears That was good to see uh, as the offense came out and took advantage of what the defense did for them. The defense creating a turnover on the first drive there, which was really nice to see. I'm Jeff Meller along with Howard Griffith, and uh, we bring Jeff Dickerson into the conversation as well. J.D., uh, what do you want to do? What do you want to talk about? I'll I'll, I'll cede the floor to you here and let you make uh, your opening salvo. Well, this is where you miss being in the stadium because, you know, I like, like everyone, to get down by the locker room when the game ends and kind of take the temperature of the team when they're walking in. And Howard has made that walk hundreds and hundreds of times. And some games you see the long faces and the bad body language and after a tough loss. Then you have the big wins where it's just a big celebration going into the locker room and they leave the doors open for a bit so you can kind of see what's going on inside. Because that was a judging by the Zoom calls. And again, I hate that we only get Zoom calls. But judging by the Zoom calls, that was a pretty fired-up group. I mean, they did not want to hear about your problems with their offense, guys. Nope. Uh, they did not want to hear about the timeout. They did not want to hear about the delay of game. They did not want to hear about throwing the ball on third and two when you're trying to run the clock out. They wanted to focus on being 5-1. and one. Matt Nagy was fired up. Uh, Nick Foles was as animated as I have ever seen him. 
Um, certainly since he's been with the Bears, I mean, he was, as you guys saw and probably heard, he's giving shout-outs to Meek Mill. and I'm like, He's a country and a Christian music guy, and he's giving shout-outs to Meek Mill. And I go, what's going on in that club dub? That's what I want to know today. Oh, that must have been a, a hot one in there. But they're clearly in a great spot. I mean, you can say what you want, and, and there's they're not a, a perfect team. And, and we could go down the list of the flaws. We all know what they are. They still can't run the ball, really. The offensive line, oh, my gosh, you know, making these mistakes. You know, it, it's a struggle. But they're 5-1. and one. They've got a really good defense, a defense that has a lot of playmakers on it. Special teams had a good day today. They got a kicker now that, you know, hit a 55-yarder and went 3-for-3 three three and to kind of pay off your tees there, Jeff, before the break, I, I don't think right now you give Eddie Pinheiro that job back. Hmm. I think something has to happen for him to get the job back. I think he stays on injured reserve because you're not going to take Cairo Santos out of the mix right now. No way. He's, what, 10 of 12, I think, hmm. on the year? Um, he's kicking the ball so well. You got Kai Forbath in the practice squad. I think Cairo Santos, you've got to roll with this as long as you can. So you got two of the three phases doing the job. And, guys, you know, again, we, we, we put this on ESPN.com. I'm sure you guys saw we tweeted it out. When you go 5-1, and one, you're out to making the playoffs. You're like 83%. Now, there's, of course, one of the teams that missed the playoffs after going 5-1 and one in 2012, so it, it can happen. But this team has got such a big head start right now, and they haven't even played great, especially not on offense. So they're thinking that if we could just get the offense better and keep this going – who knows where it can take us? So that was uh, I don't ever think a Zoom call is fun. It just can't be fun. <laughs> I like being there. But that was about as enjoyable uh, of, of a Zoom experience that I've had since this whole thing began in March. Those guys were legit fired up to be 5-1. and one. And Howard, real quick before you ask, yeah. J.D., what you want to ask him, I, I'll add, too, you mentioned their 5-1 and one record and how, you know, the odds are in their favor to make the playoffs. And all those stats that you're, you're you know, that uh, ESPN and you are giving the folks out there, J.D., uh, 83%, and that's with only six teams making the playoffs. You've got a, a seventh team making the playoffs. Correct. I mean, if they don't make the playoffs this year, I'm sorry, it's a complete disaster. Howard, I'll let you take the floor. I have to agree. If they don't make it, it would be a disaster. J.D., let me ask you this. Do you think it's the right approach for Nagy to to really, from the front of the room, because I think this is what's happening, and you mentioned just how testy they might have been uh, on the Zoom call. Is that the right approach for Nagy to say, hey, guys, we're 5-1, and one. this is where we are, and, and keeping everything positive as far as what's going on with his team? Well, Howard, I mean, you're, I think you are in a, a such a better position to – to answer this and lend your perspective. I, I would think, and again, this is just me now. I would think right after a game, I think that's the time to feel good. I don't have, I, I mean, I think that's fine. Like if you just want to be fired up and do your little, you know, breakdown in the locker room and dance. And I mean, that's, that's, that's perfectly fine. I, I think that's a great thing to do. My guess is Howard tomorrow they get back to the basics. They really strip it down and say, look, there's a lot of things we're doing wrong, you know, but I don't know if, if I mean, you tell me, is it, is it a bad thing to right after a game is over, focus more on the winning than on the details that you got to clean up. I, I felt like that's maybe what's going to happen tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday 
versus right after a game. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think that – and that's why I wanted to ask you that question, just to get your, your perspective. And I think what he's doing from the front of the room, I agree. that he is no reason to be negative uh, right after the game. And, and I think he, he's going to protect his players, which I think is, is huge um, for a head coach to be able to do when you talk about, you know, why you took the – why there was a delay of the game coming out of a timeout, yeah. not necessarily focusing on – you know, why you're throwing the ball, or at least you give us an, a, a, an excuse to why you wanted to throw the ball, as opposed to saying, hey, my offensive line, hey, they're just not there. It's not working for us right now. Yeah. So I, I, I do like that approach for, for, uh, from him, but I think it's also important that come Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, that they still have to go out and address the issues that are at hand. There's no doubt. And, I mean, they have to. I mean – there, there's no way you, you can't address these issues. I mean, offensively, you know, they made a couple of plays when they had to. I thought the full touchdown throw to the Comet was not even the first option. They hadn't even run that play, you know, in practice this week. But that was a great throw, great catch. Um, you know, they had a couple of, of things that worked offensively. You know, Foles, uh, you know, had the terrible interception. Jeez, that was a real rough one. He, he admitted to that. That was a terrible dumb interception. Um, so they had some things that, that made you scratch your head, but they still found a way, at least offensively, to play mostly complementary football. They only turned the ball over one time versus Howard the Panthers, who, you know, Bridgewater's throwing a couple of picks. They had that terrible fumble with Mike Davis mm-hmm. uh, that the Bears picked up deep. In, now they gave it right back, but still, I mean, Panthers did a lot more damage in terms of, of their turnovers. So, I, I, I just think that, you know, at some point, I know this is professional football and this is a business and there's so much on the line here as far as money and careers and legacy. I think, I think Matt Nagy wants these guys, Howard, to have fun. And I, I really think that's important. I mean, I've, I've covered teams, Howard. And you haven't, but you didn't play many bad teams. But I've covered terrible teams where there's no fun and no one's having any fun. And what's the point of this? I mean, what do you accomplish if you're not having any fun? It's not enjoyable. So I think he's trying to do that, knowing that tomorrow and Tuesday and everything, he's going to deliver the message that, you know, we we're trying to be more detailed. And for the most part, offensively, we're just still not getting it done yet. We are five and one. So guys, imagine if we can find a way to be more efficient offensively and do the things we need to do, you know, we can continue to win games because the schedule, guys, as, as you both know, I mean, look, the Rams coming up is going to be tough. They've got the Saints. They've got the Titans coming off that big win against overtime in a few weeks. Vikings look done, but they still got the Packers twice in the second half of the season. So, I mean, there's a lot of tough games coming up that I just, again, feel like offensively they're going to have to play better than they've been playing in order to win. Uh, you mentioned the uh, Packers there, J.D., the 4-0 Packers right now currently taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they jumped out to a 10-0 lead, but slow your roll, folks, because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have now scored 28 unanswered points. They're up 28-10 to right now, and uh, the Packers very well, if they don't uh, come back and win this game, will fall to second place because the Bears are 5-1, and not having had their bye yet. So uh, that will be interesting. We'll be watching that score throughout the, the evening here as we enter uh, the Ender Dusk here. Uh, boy, oh boy, you mentioned the the Monday night affair against the Rams. They have a Sunday night game tonight, J.D. Boy, the Bears, man, it's, it's crazy. Five and one, and so maybe that's why they're, you know, a little defensive when we people point out their shortcomings. But, man, 
The one thing I'll say is they're the def- they're, they're led by the defense. The defense looks good. But in this league that is so catered to offensive teams, can you really win? Can you go deep in the playoffs without having your offense play a little bit better? I don't think so. But, you know, sometimes when it's your year, it's your year. And Howard can attest to that. I mean, it's weird. I mean, everything is kind of going their way. They've had all these come-from-behind victories. They, they held on today. I mean, Carolina had – some chances to get back into it, and they, they just you know they just can't do it. They can't convert deep in the red zone. No, Jeff. I, I mean, again, like they're five and one. You have to take them seriously as a playoff a strong playoff contender. But are they going to be a team that just makes the playoffs again, or are they going to be a team that actually wins in the playoffs? That's hard to say. Because who, who knows where we're going to be? You know, come uh, early January. Um, but at five and one, it, it just you just have to live in the moment sometimes and say, you know what, they're five and one. Um, no one thought this was going to really happen. They're in great shape and uh, they've got a lot of confidence. and And the hope is they can turn some things around offensively and be even better. JD, you, you talk about the confidence, and that's a huge part of it. They're they're just finding ways to win football games, even if they're getting help from from the opponent. Right, they're finding ways. So that confidence is huge for them. Uh, I just wonder how, you know, at what point do we turn the page as fans, as people that cover the team? It, was it a win on Monday night that would turn the page and say, okay, this is a legitimate team now? I hate to tell people how to feel because I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to tell people how to be a fan. You know, I know you're not trying. It's a great. It's a. It's a very good point, Howard. Um, I would just say, look, everyone always looks for the negative, and, and, and that's fine. And the Bears have given you plenty of negatives. I mean, if you still, if you, if you like roll over all the quarters of football they've played this year, they still have probably played bad football in like 65% of the quarters, and they're 5-1. and one. So it, it, it is remarkable. Sometimes I think you just kind of have to go with it. Mm-hmm. Like, they're 5-1. and one. They could easily get blown out by the Rams on Monday night. You know, but maybe they don't. You know, the Saints have been a little kind of up and down. Who knows? Uh, Tennessee is, is, is pretty legit coming off their playoff run last year. I mean, I would just say, Howard, again, I, I, I frame it like this. You know what? When you're 5-1, and one, 83% of those teams go on to make the playoffs. Hmm. I think it's time to say, hey, this is a realistic possibility. This is a real possibility now. Um, if they beat the Rams... Howard, I, I might say, you know what, and they do it with a convincing effort on offense, I would say, now here's a team that's showing signs that they might have some real staying power. Because that's sort of where my mind is at right now. I think with this head start with five wins, I think they're going to probably find a way to get in. But just getting in isn't going to be good enough one of these days. So they've got to start winning some playoff games. So, But they're not going to do that until the offense really kind of comes along and, and, and lives up to their end of the bargain. Well, well, that's what I would say. No doubt about it, J.D. We will uh, keep them under the microscope all season long, obviously. Uh, thanks for chipping in today. We appreciate the uh, breakdown. You guys have a great week, okay? You do the you same. Too. Jeff Dickerson covering the Bears for ESPN.com and for ESPN 1000. I'm Jeff Meller along with Howard Griffith. Coming up next in just two short minutes, you'll hear from the Bears starting quarterback. You'll hear, you'll hear him get a little bit feisty two minutes from now. Don't move. More of the ESPN 1000 postgame show is coming up on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago app. 
This is Chicago's home for sports. The ESPN 1000 Miller Lite Postgame Show is back. Talk Bears with us on ESPN 1000 and the new ESPN Chicago app. The Bears are 5-1 after a 23-16 victory over Carolina in Carolina. They moved to 3-0 on the road as well. No apologizing for a victory today. And I will say, as J.D. pointed out, 83% of the time, teams starting 5-1 make the playoffs. And that is in previous seasons when only six teams make the playoffs. We have a seventh team in each conference making the playoffs this season, which makes it even more likely the Bears will get there. And at this point, if the Packers uh, stay where they're at, they trail 28-10 to 10 at halftime to the Buccaneers. So the Bears very well could end tonight atop the NFC North. Let's hear what the Bears starting quarterback, Nick Foles, sounded like in the postgame. Apparently he got a little bit feisty playing ball you know we're seeing things that we like we're getting the stuff that we like you know again I mean we haven't been perfect just yet or we haven't had that really uh, breakout explosive game but I definitely think that that's around the corner you know I definitely like I said before um, from my perspective I see us trending in the right direction you know I thought that I thought some drive force you know um, I thought we played extremely well I thought we moved the ball you know very uh, efficiently and very effectively you know um, on a few drives this game you know so Again, I thought it was one of those games where even though we may not have been scoring points, you know, it was it was some drives that may have stalled and things like that. But I personally don't feel like we just got into one of those games where we were going three and out and and this and that. You know, I thought that we I thought we moved the ball and I thought we made plays and I thought that we played well. Um, definitely in in uh in uh particular situations. Last one for Allen, uh, Joe Lewis. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Hey, Rob. Um. With this being Nick Foles' second start with you all in his third game, do you feel like you all are finally building chemistry together as a wide receiver core and a quarterback? Uh, definitely. You know, I think that's across the board. You know, I think as far as uh, the chemistry, you know, on the whole offensive side of the ball, you know, getting to certain checks and stuff like that during the game and things that we may not have, have even done throughout the course of the week, but we feel like it may work whatever the case may be, you know, we, we're doing that now and we have the ability to do that, you know. And, again, I think that's something that for us, you know, as we're kind of adding stuff in, you know, as far as what we like and things that are being effective, you know, the better we're going to be. You know, like I said before, I mean, we're sitting at 5-1 and one right now, you know, um, um, almost almost at the halfway point in the season. And, again, for us, we're still trending in the, in the uh, right direction. You know, we haven't played our best football. You know, our, first, our best ball is ahead of us. You know, by the end of the day, we're 5-1. You know, so, again, I mean, like I said before, you know, we don't have any complacency on this team and on this offense. You know, so we're always striving to get better, and we're going to be better. No doubt about it. No need to apologize, Alan Robinson. A little mix-up there. Here is Nick Foles after the game. Nick, the, uh, the first possession – kind of uh, some good and some bad in there. What did you think of that, the short field that you had? And um, how did the delay of game happen? Yeah, we were just – we were having issues. Uh, I don't know. What, honestly, we got to look back just with communication in the huddle and uh, not the greatest way to start, but ultimately we were able to get a touchdown um, and get Cole's first touchdown, which is huge. But um, we just got to be better. Um, a couple of unique plays right there uh, that we weren't able to line up correctly. So we got to figure out what was going on um, and move on. But uh, – Thank goodness we were able to put together a touchdown right there with the short field because of our defense. Nick, the trend kind of continues. You're not finding that consistency that you, you're striving for on offense, but you are winning games. 
how do you come to grips with all that? Is this what you guys are? Kind of a, a win-ugly, inconsistent team? Are you okay with that? Or does the offense really have to improve for you to go where you want to go? Well, I first say, would you rather uh, lose pretty or win ugly? I think that we'd rather win ugly. Um, you know, I think that's the common thing. So uh, I think it tells you a lot about our team. Is this who we are offensively? We want to improve. We want to get better. We want to have rhythm. But ultimately in the NFL, it's about winning games. Um, it doesn't matter how you do it. It just matters that you get it done. If you put up 50 points and you lose a game, those 50 points don't mean anything. Um, so right now we're winning games. We're playing together as a team. We can improve. I think that's exciting. If we were winning these games and playing perfect and they were this tight and we're playing perfect, what do you do? Where do you improve? I mean, then we're sitting here as like, man, I, I guess when we just, you know, play those teams, it's just not going to happen. Well, right now we have a lot of areas to improve offensively once again, but we are figuring out ways to, you know, score and get points and move the ball and do those things. We can fix what we're doing. It doesn't happen overnight. Offenses don't get fixed overnight. Sometimes they don't get fixed throughout the course of years. You've seen in the NFL, there's been teams that have been bad offensively for a very long time. We're not one of those teams. We're a team that's young offensively. We're growing. We're getting to know each other. We're figuring out who we are, and we're doing it at the right time. And as a team, we're winning these games. And I think that's what's important. Now, we're not going to get complacent and say, hey, man, we're 5-1. and one. This is it. No. Like, we're, we're sitting there in the locker room after the game talking through it. Hey, we got to be better here. This is what we got to do here. Hey, communication here. Route running here. Hey, we got to be able to run the ball here. We know that. I know you're all going to ask those questions. We know that. And that's what's exciting because we don't have to have y'all say, like, hey, you're doing this. Hey, we know. But we also know that we're going to improve because we believe in one another. And that's what great teams do. Great teams find a way to win a game. Bad teams win with prettiness great teams win no matter how it takes so i'm proud of our guys i i i think we're continuing to improve are we where we want to be no we're not where we want to be but i'm excited about our offense i'm excited about the guys that are there i like the communication that's happening on the side i love the passion of the players most important they care and we're bonding we're getting to know each other that's football like you don't just go out there and play football you got to care about the man next to you to make those plays so I like where we're at. I know we're going to improve. I believe in our staff. I believe in our players. And I'm really grateful to be a part of this organization. Nick, on the, on the touchdown pass to Cole, wondering what your eyes told you and what gave you the trust to give him that opportunity. And given some of the conversations that you've had with him recently about uh, just him staying patient, what was the reward for him, obviously, getting in the end zone for the first time? You know, the, to be honest, the play wasn't even designed for him. We haven't thrown that route all week, and there was just something in my gut where I'm like, I'm going to pull this trigger right here. He's going to catch it. We're going to go, and that's football sometimes. They had a guy covering down um, on our running back, and they did a nice job with their coverage, pushing a guy over and playing a little lower, and, you know, Cole made a great play. There's a reason he's here. He can make those plays and go up and, you know, help us out. And I, I was talking to, you know, Jimmy in the locker room, I think Jimmy Graham caught his first touchdown as a rookie in the stadium as well, which I think is really cool. Um, I don't know if y'all knew that. Pretty cool, though. Now y'all can write about something else. So there you go. You're welcome. Thanks, Nick. Yeah, absolutely. Nick, I, how much better do you guys need to be at the deep stuff? It, it seemed like there was a lot of short and intermediate throws today. Uh, to be as dangerous as you want to be offensively, how do you fix up the deeper stuff? Yeah, I mean, each game is its own entity. I, you know, re- studying this defense, I think they're number one and not giving up um, explosive plays. If they're not number one, they're up there in the top. So the reason is they play a lot of zone. So it's hard to hit those deep plays. Um, you know, there was a couple of times we tried to, it didn't work out. 
Um, but that's something we got to keep working on. We got to be able to get those big chug plays. Um, we got a few, but we got to get more. And I think they're going to come. Once again, being able to figure out how to win is great because now we can, hey, we won, but hey, let's get better. Let's try to get some bigger plays. Let's get our playmakers out there. Let them do the thing downfield. That'll open up the box, help us run the ball, and then we just continue to improve as an offense. Hey, Nick, I want to ask you about two plays kind of on the opposite ends of the spectrum. Uh, what, what happened on the interception? And then the flip side, the third and nine to A-Rob. Um, how did that play develop for you? Uh, interception, um, you know, I felt pressure from the left. Tried to roll out. I was trying to make a play. Um, it was a dumb interception. I was just trying to, you know, get us down there, um, try to get it over. Uh, the defender guy made a good play. In reality, that's on me. In reality, I should just throw it away or try to hit Jimmy for a two-yard completion and go to second down. Um, I got a little, you know, too aggressive just trying to make a play. Um, I'll, I'll learn from it, put it in the data base and move on. And then um, I assume the third and nine was uh, when I hit – was that the, the personal foul too? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, fourth quarter. Um, you know what, A-Rob's a, you know, A-Rob should not be open on that play. And they had two guys on him, and he was able to split him and make a play. And then we got the penalty, and that's a huge part of the game. So um, he's a guy that I trust. Um, even when he should be covered, he's not covered. And uh, that was a big play in the game. So happy he got open. Nick, you talk about believing that these issues are, are fixable and because you, you have all this belief in your teammates. Are there other things that make you believe, hey, like the issues that have popped up while we're winning and learning how to win – will get fixed throughout the season that go beyond, you know, believing in your teammates? Or is that really the most important thing here? You know what? I think the thing is when you win a game like this and you get back to the locker room, obviously you're excited because it's very hard to win in the NFL. But when you can sit down as men and you're not satisfied, not satisfied and not happy and you, you want to discuss where we can get better right after a win against a good team, that tells you a lot. Because we could easily just go in there and you know what, we won, doesn't matter. No, that's not what was happening in the locker room. We were sitting there having discussions. How can we do this better? What can we do here better? Coaches and players are talking. And that is what it's about. We're not getting complacent. We want to get better, and we're talking. It's easy to say, hey, 5-1, and one, this is awesome, the NFL. No, that's not what I see here. And I've been on teams where maybe at the beginning of the season, you're trying to figure out who you are offensively. You're sputtering at times, and then all of a sudden – you just keep believing, you keep working, you keep watching film. Who do we want to be? What do we do well? How can we do this? And then all of a sudden, there's that one game that it just clicks. And it's happened many times in my career. I've been a part of it. But it all starts with after games like this, you sit there, you have the conversations, and you are not satisfied with simply winning the game because you know you have to get better. And I think that's just in life and what we do. You can't just be satisfied and become complacent. You have to continue to work on the little details every single day with what you do to get better. And then it'll just, it's going to click. You got to believe. Without belief, nothing's possible. Hey, Nick. Uh, in the uh, no huddle, it wasn't a, a hurry up or anything today, but it certainly seemed to provide a little bit of spark or, or maybe a momentum for the offense. What is it that, that made that work today? And, and I think you, you probably had some success using that against the Bucks as well. Can you talk about what makes that click for, for you and the offense? I think it's a tougher defense when you switch speeds. Um, it's like playing basketball. You got a fast break. You bring it up. You know, you do all these different things. You got to show them these different speeds. And it ultimately comes down to putting stress on the defense and then letting players make plays. Uh, when you go no huddle, hey, they're on their heels. When you, when you huddle up sometimes, they can get a good call on for what they practice all week. Well, all of a sudden you're no huddle. Some of their calls aren't possible from that situation. So I think it's a good uh, change up. 
is it something we're going to major in? I don't know. Um, but we're going to continue to work and show these different speeds because I think that's what offenses do. Great offenses do. You can, you can huddle up, you can do well, you can go no huddle, switch the speed. You can go super fast. Um, and it becomes dangerous because then all of a sudden that team you're playing has to work on those. And I thought today for, you know, really our first time switching up the tempo like that, we were able to get a couple good drives going that really helped us get a W tonight. Nick, as imperfect as it was, was did this feel a little more thorough and complete of a game to you guys where you're not scrambling at the end trying to come back? Yeah, I mean, I don't even – were we down it? I, I don't know. Like, I mean, you I was – Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, I play – I stay in the moment. Uh, I don't worry too much about the score. I just play because it's, it's too much of a grind in the NFL. If you start playing and, you know, obviously you got to be smart at times, but um, I think that's a, that's different. We're not playing from behind 16, 17 points. We, we, had, the, we had the lead. We were able to keep the lead. It was a two-score game at some points. Um, then it went to one score, and then we were able to move the ball. Defense comes up big. Once again, great team win, not easy. Um, really proud of our guys, but, uh, you know, it was different where we're not at the end trying to, you know, come back and make plays and win at the last second and stuff like that. So it was nice to have that lead. It's just now we got to build and put more points on board. So, hey, we didn't hit that four-minute a little earlier and finish the game. Nick, you seem genuinely more juiced up than, than we've seen you at any time uh, since you've been in Chicago. Is that a fair assessment? Hey, you know, the more you play, the more you're with these guys, the more you grind out these wins and we get to know each other. I'm excited, but I think I'm just excited because I, I felt like we got a little bit better um, tonight. We're, we're, I feel like we're figuring out who we want to be, um, and that excites me. Uh, I think the conversations after the game in the locker room juiced me up and got me excited uh, because we're not just sitting there happy with winning. And that excites me about this um, with these guys. Um, I'm exhausted. I can't wait to take a nap on the plane. Um, but I, I am hitting a little bit of adrenaline right now. But once I hit that bus and that plane, I'll be out. But uh, I think it's the conversations in the locker room with my teammates. Um, we were able to get, a, you know, a Meek Mill song on in the locker room. It reminded me of, you know, Philly a little bit, you know. So I, I, that, I'm not going to lie, that got my juices going. So shout out to Meek. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, was, uh, was it Dreams and Nightmares? So I just it brought back a memory for me that was exciting. And then we were – I might have got up and danced a little bit. I'm used to – I'm more like country, maybe some Christian rap, but I'll tell you what, if Meek comes on with that song, I get rolling. Shout out Meek Mills, uh, Nick Foles. <laughs> Remember back in his Philly days, uh, Philly special there, How Griff. Um, you know what? I will tell you this. As we uh, wrap things up here on the Miller Lite postgame show here on ESPN 1000, with Sunday's win over Carolina, the Bears improved to 5-1 and one for the first time since 2012 when they started the year 7-1. and one. That's directly from the Bears postgame notes, Howard Griffith. There you go. What, what they failed to mention, though, is in 2012, the Bears <laughs> finished 10-6 and six and they missed the playoffs and Lovey Smith was fired. Yeah. So I don't want to be Debbie Downer here. But um, we're not just going to give you a bunch of bouquets when you don't do it in a fashion that is always, you know, perfect. So I know Nick Foles was fired up, and he says they can get better, so let's hope they do. We'll be continuing to break down the Bears all across the station here all week long. We'll do so all season long, Howard Griffith. We'll do sh- we'll do so uh, each after every post game, after every Bears game for two hours, just like we do every every time. I'm Jeff Meller. We'll do so next week on a Monday night. How about that? We'll do it after a Bears-Rams game. Looking forward to it. A great test. A great opportunity for the Bears to prove 
uh, what type of team they are next week. Absolutely. He is Howard Griffith. I'm Jeff Meller. Stick around because uh, tonight we've got some uh, playoff baseball. Game 7, NLCS, Dodgers-Braves. Ian Anderson will take on Dustin May. And the uh, Packers trail 28-10 to as the second half gets underway in Tampa Bay. So everything is rosy for Bears fans today. I am Jeff Meller. He's Howard Griffith. Thanks for listening to the Miller Lite Postgame Show here on ESPN 1000. Thanks for listening to the ESPN 1000 Miller Lite postgame show. Presented by Miller Lite, the official beer of the Chicago Bears. Bears Talk continues at 7 a.m. with Cap and Jay Hood on the new morning show on ESPN 1000. Ah.